Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. Today is Friday, February 16th, 2018. And on today's report, I will be talking about some of the many advantages that we have in our world today. This is really a continuation of my series of reports on the advantages of Western civilization and reasons why that civilization should not be destroyed. My inspiration for this story came from a trip to Phoenix, Arizona last week. I was returning home to Memphis on Sunday. So as usual, the crowds, the airport security, the narrow seats, the endless lines all serve to remind me that everything is bad today. Everything just seems so dark, so gloomy, and so depressing. The final straw came in waiting for my luggage at the Memphis airport baggage claim for 30 minutes while Tokyo Rose blasted out her relentless propaganda directly into my left ear from the CNN announcer on airport TV just above my head at baggage claim. Today, we are constantly reminded of just how terrible things really are. All we read are stories about how our politicians, business leaders, entertainers, even the clergy are corrupt at best and at worst they are racist, misogynistic, homophobic, Nazis. Very depressing indeed. But then I arrived home from the airport. I picked up my copy of the Wall Street Journal and I began to read. There it was, an article by Steven Pinker entitled, The Enlightenment is Working. In response then, I offer this report on some of the good things in our world most of which are the result of Western civilization. I have often used the expression that a poor person in America today lives better than a Roman emperor lived. And I will attempt to show you why, thanks to Western civilization, that statement is still true. From the Wall Street Journal, quote, for all their disagreements, the left and the right concur on one thing. The world is getting worse. They look back to various golden ages when America was great. Blue-collar workers thrived in unionized jobs and people found meaning in religion, family, community, and nature. End quote. We pine away, in other words. We pine away, the journal says, for the good old days that never existed or were even worse. Let's look at an attempt to measure Human achievement over time, over decades, over centuries. We don't measure our current condition by saying we are better off than the ancient Romans, however, because this is 2018 America, not first century Rome. We can, however, look at some numbers as a guide. For example, in the U.S. just three decades ago, just 30 years ago, folks, the homicide rate was 8. 5 per 100,000, and now it is 5.3 per 100,000. 11% of Americans fell below the poverty line 30 years ago. Today, only 3% do. In fact, the bottom half of American society today lives in relative abundance, once reserved for the very top of society. Before air conditioning, heads of industry and even presidents lived in sweltering heat like everyone else today. 80% of poor households enjoy air conditioning. Through the 1930s, only the rich had an automobile, but today, 
75% of poor households have at least one car, one truck, or both. Just a short time ago, TV was a luxury, reserved for the very affluent, and even for them, only a couple of poor quality channels existed. Today, virtually all poor households have at least one television and 40% on TVs with plasma screens and two-thirds have cable or satellite. Half of the poor own a personal computer and virtually all have cell phones. The search to obtain food once occupied most of the spare time of people, but today the poor have more food than they need. Obesity was once a sign of luxury, but today it is a sign of poverty. It's not just America either, because as the Wall Street Journal puts it, quote, the world is giving peace a chance. During most of the history of nations and empires, world war was the natural state of affairs and peace a mere interlude between wars. Today, war between countries is obsolescent and war within countries is absent from five-sixths of the world, end quote. There have been many zigzags along the way, as the journal puts it, but the happy gifts of the last two centuries are the cumulative gifts of the brain children the Enlightenment spawned, that's the journal's explanation, of our progress, but I prefer to credit Western civilization for it. Disease has been decimated by vaccines, sanitation, antibiotics, and other advances in medicine and public health. Famine, stanched by crop rotation, synthetic fertilizers, farm machinery, and selective breeding. Poverty, slashed by education, Markets, global trade, cheaper clothing, social programs for the old, the young, the sick, and the unlucky. Violent crime has been tamed by the rule of law as opposed to the code of vendetta. The spread of democracy has marginalized war. Education, mobile, and connected people have blunted oppression and discrimination. Where did all this progress come from? The journal calls it the Enlightenment. Our ancestors replaced dogma, tradition, and authority with reason, debate, and institutions of truth-seeking. That, I remind you, is just Western civilization by another name. But the point is, the world is growing safer, according to the journal. Having said all that, I'll also say this. Let's not get carried away here, folks. Remember, we do not judge ourselves by the standards of yesteryear, no. No, the poor man of today doesn't look at the poor man of decades or centuries ago for a relative position on his standard. The poor man of today compares himself to the rich man of today. You may be familiar with the research that reveals that when people are asked whether they would rather make $100,000 per year if their neighbor made one twenty-five. Or 75,000 per year while their neighbor made only 50. The vast majority of people chose the $75,000. That comparison, which is really just envy, creates many of our problems today. Whatever our station in life, there is someone better off than we are. We see those people every day. Poor people, I would wager, never say, wait a minute, wait a minute here. Why am I complaining? I'm better off than a Roman emperor. I'm afraid that's just not human nature. The separation between rich and poor today is vast. The 1% continue 
ever upward while the majority of the rest are stagnant or even falling behind. However, the poor man of today gets to at least watch how the rich live. He gets to sit in his air-conditioned den, watching his plasma TV while getting fat on junk food. And in his poverty, he compares himself to the Kardashians, to Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos, and the rest, it seems to be the nature of us, to focus not on what we have, but on what we don't have. Anyone different from that is a rare specimen indeed and worthy of conversation at the water cooler. As Leo Tolstoy said in War and Peace, quote, money, when you don't have it, when you don't have it, you wonder where it's coming from. When you do have it, you wonder where it's going. End quote. The comparison between the one percent and the rest of us is often unsettling and devastating for people, according to Charles Hugh Smith in his article, The Pie is Shrinking for the Ninety Nine Percent Wages of Those Employed Full Time are up a gargantuan four dollars a week. In the 18 years since 2000, let's see now, $4 times 52 weeks a year. By golly, that's a whole $208 a year. If we adjust real wages by real-world income, we find wages have actually declined since 1980. In the meantime, assets have soared in value, and those who own them have done very well indeed, but those who must trade their labor for dollars, not so much. Household with two regular jobs have been priced out of the housing market in cities such as Seattle, New York, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. To really succeed, you must own appreciating assets or be able to borrow large sums of almost interest-free money to acquire such assets. Is it any wonder, then, that most households have no savings and live paycheck to paycheck? Most households don't earn enough to save very much, and those that save, <coughs> say, $10,000, learn that the house they wanted to buy just went up by $50,000 in the high-rent areas I mentioned. Unless you bought a home 20 years ago, forget about it. Even if you make triple the median income, this is the reality of many metropolitan areas of the country today, but that's where the action is. For our millennial high achievers, Labor's share of GDP is on the decline. It has been since about 1970. The pie is shrinking for many. That increases inequality. How will all this inequality end? Badly, I predict. Social disorder, perhaps. On second thought, folks, I guess things are just as bad as I thought they were. At least that's the way I see it. Until next time, folks, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.